Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and Cindy has nominated Dr. Missy Likowanen for a Game Changer Award, and she is joining us this morning, and we're so excited to have Dr. Missy tell us more about the amazing work that she's doing with dogs and cats. So thank you, Dr. Missy, for joining me. Thank you, Dr. Karen, for having me here. It's such an honor to finally Aww. see you. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's such an honor for me to be able to connect with such amazing veterinarians around the world doing remarkable things. So before we get in to the really important work that you're doing, I would like to start with you telling me a little bit about yourself and your background Uh about you becoming a veterinarian and then how you started in with your work. Yes, I've been a veterinarian since 2002. So I've been a small animal practitioner for 19 years. And during my early years of practice, I've been exposed to um, treating um, rescued dogs and cats. And um, it finally um, hit me that um, I have to do something about um, all this um, rescued dogs and cats. And um, I've come to realize that the main problem here in the Philippines is overpopulation of dogs and cats. And that's mainly the reason why we cannot give the appropriate veterinary care to our dogs and cats here in the Philippines. Yeah. And Missy, did you, I have been to the Philippines once. It's a oh. gorge, gorgeous, gorgeous series of beautiful islands with beautiful people, but indeed you have the same crisis that many beautiful countries, including the U.S., have around the world in that we have a tremendous number of animals that are continuing to reproduce, and it causes exactly what you described. We're unable to appropriately care for all of them. So when you, so so what did you, when you realize the burden of what was going on, what did you do? Well, I tried to um, go um, deeper into what really the problem is here in the Philippines. So here in the Philippines, we have rabies. 200 to 300 Filipinos die every year because of rabies. So um, it's not something that we should not, um, we should neglect because people are dying um, because of rabies and we cannot do anything about it because Um, With so many stray dogs and cats here in the Philippines, it's really hard to humanely humanely control their population. Yeah. And so, Masay, I didn't realize that you had a significant rabies issue. Are you, do you work with, so in the U.S., veterinarians that begin attempting to to control the population through spay and neuter. We work with animal control agencies that are the ones physically catching stray dogs and cats. How does it work in the Philippines? Well, here in the Philippines, we have the Anti-Rabies Act of the Philippines, which allows the government 
or the local government units or the city veterinarians that work for the government, which allows them to capture and uh, impound and then euthanize stray dogs and cats. Because yeah. of course, we are trying to protect the community as well. But we are at the Philippine Pet Birth Control Center Foundation, which, which I founded last um, March 2017, we are aiming to um, help the government reduce the population and, you know, um, making, um, um, controlling or hopefully um, eradicate rabies here in the Philippines by mainly controlling them through spay and neuter. It's beautiful. So, so when did you, when did you think up this amazing idea to begin the foundation that you did, Dr. Misay? I'm sure it took several years for you to to do all that you did, but walk us through how you walk us through the setting up of your foundation. Um, 2006, I became a spay neuter advocate. So um, since then, I've been trying to um, learn how to quickly spay and neuter um, dogs and cats here. So eventually, um, in 2017, I decided to um, finally establish the Philippine Pet Birth Control Center Foundation. Um, we should we basically do spay neuter every day. We have a spay neuter clinic in Mandaluyong City, and um, we are our services are low cost. Um, it's just six hundred pesos for male cats and um, female cats, and one thousand five hundred for dogs for female dogs and um, female cats. I uh, sorry, sorry, um, yeah. one thousand five hundred for female dogs and male dogs as well, and. Um, we are also a teaching facility for veterinary students and um, veterinary schools here in the Philippines send their veterinary um, clinicians to us and we offer to teach them for free um, spay and neuter. And, and by the way, we, here in the Philippines, um, we started to introduce the lateral flank approach in spaying, which um, I think is more... Um, efficient and um, we can do it much faster. So that's what we do every day. We do spay and neuter. Since March 2017, we started counting and um, today we are officially officially on our 79,850. Wow. First of all, congratulations. You did this. I mean, think about the magnitude of what you created. It gives me goosebumps. So first of all, well done. What an amazing, when I say dent in the problem, what an amazing way to work incredibly successfully to, towards your mission and your goal. It's, it's awesome. Uh, was it difficult? How, how did your government respond when you approached uh, your cities and the veterinaries? How many vet schools are in the Philippines, first of all? Um, there are around um, seven veterinary schools here in the Philippines. Wow. And I didn't know that either. That's, that's amazing. When you approached the veterinary schools and your government and said, here's my idea, I want to work on the problem, educate veterinarians, provide community outreach, and reduce disease status in dogs and cats, were they, were they open and excited? Or did you have to work hard to convince them of your project? Yeah, I, we worked hard for um, to be able to convince them because spay neuter is not that easy to do to to do you know in a massive um, capacity. In what we what we did is um, 
I established my team. I have great team of veterinarians, very passionate, and they are very willing to, you know, go beyond our work. And in fact, whenever we do outreach missions, um, we do like um, up to five hundred dogs and cats in a day. Wow. And yes, so that's how we were able to achieve this number. And we focus on spay neuter alone. But of course, we do accept rescues once in a while, but um, not to the extent of um, overwhelming our capacity to um, capacity to function because we want to mainly focus on spay and neuter and um, hoping that um, we could make a difference in the baby situation here in the Philippines. So, so when are some of these animals after you have sterilized them, some of these animals go into homes are you able to place them is there a team that once they're sterilized if they are candidates for 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 being pets do you do you have a a, a team that you work with to get them into home or do they go up for adoption or how, how what's the process after um usually um it's very surprising very ma many rescuers and um, animal shelters are now bringing their pets to us for sterilization because um there's not um low-cost pain neuter here in the philippines is not accessible so mm -hmm. it's very seldom that you um we have there are a few groups here that offer low-cost pain neuter and but of course it's not enough we have so many stray animals here um what we do is um we try to for, for example, in one city, we try to uh, make it a proactive solution that if they want to have the dogs and cats that they catch on the streets, we can have it spayed neutered. We, we can ear tag them and um, not or give them a, a mark on their yeah. ear to um, to signify that they are they have been neutered and vaccinated already. And then if they we we try to release them in the community, but if a person or a community um, um, uh, has an issue with that dog or cat, we cannot do anything, but, they but so they have to get it and impound it and put it down. But um, yes, we are trying to um, really um, promote um, trap neuter vaccine release program here in the Philippines. Yeah. And hopefully, um, with so many stray dogs and cats, hopefully the government can still consider it. Well, it's God bless you for really focusing on the most humane and uh, in terms of a veterinarian honoring your oath. You're really trying to avoid euthanasia by controlling the population first and down the road. Once the population is controlled, you know, that would be phase two, 20 years down the road or whenever, when, uh, yeah. that you would be able to then work on, you know, potential foster homes. But uh, talk to me a little bit about now. Do you do you do you work with all seven veterinary schools, or is and are you thinking about maybe branching out into having facilities in other communities, or not quite yet? Um, we have been trying to um, get some get a nice place in the Visayas and Mindanao because we are now located in Luzon. But yes, we do. We um, we have been going all over the country, and. Wow. Um, Yes, we're, um, we're, we've been to Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao, and we have been working uh, working with the um, city veterinarians or the local government units here. Um, and 
we are very happy that many of the city veterinarians are now considering spay-neuter as, as, as an alternative way of controlling dog and cat populations. But so um, yeah, but sadly, um, we are a very poor country. So mm-hmm. um, the least of the government's concern is really the animals. Of but, course. Yeah, but we have an overwhelming response now of um, pet owners and in the private individuals who would want to help in our advocacy of eradicating rabies. Because um, I, I personally believe that um, we cannot, you know, we cannot protect the dogs and cats unless we have rabies because we have the Anti-Rabies Love Act here in the Philippines. Yes. So basically, that's what we're aiming for. And um, hopefully in the future, when we can be able to eradicate rabies, maybe we can uplift the quality of veterinary care and attention that we can give to our dogs and cats here. You're doing a really beautiful job of literally changing the system from the ground up. So yes, step number one must be to eradicate rabies. When you have accomplished that, then you can move along. But at the same time, Miss A, you are shifting social culture around the thought of preserving life, which is also a beautiful first step. Yes, yes. Actually, that's what we've been trying all these years. And um, fortunately for us, we are being recognized already. And um, although there's not not so much... um, Filipinos not is not really patronizing spay neuter, but I think um, for the past few years we've been doing great, and uh, many and many are um, getting to be more aware of the importance of spay and neuter. It's, it is you. You have this unbelievable um, need and desire to educate so many different. You know, you're educating the government and you're educating your uh, fellow citizens and you're educating the next generation of veterinarians. You're doing a lot of education in a lot of different realms. I can only imagine, plus you're teaching young veterinarians. I would have given anything to be able to perfect my skills for spay neuter at a facility that would, was. T- I did one spay before I graduated from vet school. That was not, and it took me two and a half hours. That, that, was, <laughs> that was not enough. <laughs> and so, I mean, what the services you're providing to veterinary students also invaluable because they're getting excellent training, but they're also getting experience. You know, they're able to do it, which is really a beautiful gift. I believe you could also be training a, a generation of veterinary advocates by you helping to give them the skills they need to participate in your mission, you're building the next generation of advocates in, which is a lovely long-term system. What, I don't want to say what's most fulfilling about all the work that you're doing, but I have to ask, what do you love most about this platform that you have built in terms of the, the impact on your community and in Filipino society, really? Um. Basically, I would um, I would want all the future veterinarians to be a Spain neuter advocate because um, one thing leads to another. Before we can uplift our veterinary practice here in the Philippines, yeah. I think it's very important to have to, to be able to control that population in a level that would allow us to do our our job better and, of course, to give the quality of care that they deserve because. Um, in reality, um, here in the Philippines, 
um, the method of the quality of veterinary care that you can give to your patient is limited to, and is based on their financial capacity. And that's what we have been trying to do. Um, we have to educate the owner. And of course, um, here in the Philippines, there are so many dogs and cats to be rescued. And what we are trying to avoid also is that um, the rescuers are the ones needing to be rescued. And that's really our, you know, it's, it's the sad reality nowadays. So yeah, I think yeah. as a veterinarian, we really have to step up. And of course, I'm, I'm really, um, there's this, um, since I think, uh, I just want to share this with you because two years ago, I started doing ovary sparing spay. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. You're going to make me cry. You're going to make me cry because, you know, my thought is you're such a proficient human. Once you fix your rabies crisis and educate veterinarians, once those dogs are not, you're not doing trap or trap to release, you've set up foster care. Once the foster care, once those beautiful rescue dogs go into homes, once the homes are able to care for them, then and only then do we introduce, okay, now that we now that everyone's safe, what can we do to extend life? And of course, that's that's years down the road. But God bless you, you've already thought about this. So I, I interrupted you, but <laughs> I'm overwhelmed that that would even enter into your into your on your ground level plan. So please continue. What, what are you teaching students over a sparing space too? Yes, yes. Oh, amazing. Also vasectomy, yes. Amazing, amazing. Thank you, that's your idea. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you, amazing. I mean, really, you're, you're shifting. So when you get to the point, Dr. Messe, when you are, when now these rescued animals, are capable of going into foster, you're also doing your part and then extending their longevity when they find their forever home. By modifying the technique that you're using to sterilize these animals, their forever homes will have them longer because of your modification technique. You are doing what I have begged the US shelter system and high volume spay neuter to do. You're doing it. And what a beautiful role model for other countries doing high volume spay neuter. You're also now role modeling for us, which is beautiful. So <laughs> my goodness, you're doing a lot. Are you tired or are you in, are you tired or are you just wake up inspired every day? Um, it's very tiring, but um, we've been seeing a lot of improvements. So I think that's enough for me to get going. And of course I have four kids I have four oh. balls. <laughs> so <laughs> I am paid already. <laughs> yeah, you're wise. Wise on that. <laughs> so you have a very active life, literally in all realms. But look at all the amazing good you are doing. It's, it's culture shifting. And it's life-changing, not just for the dogs and cats that you are saving and improving the quality of life and reducing disease status. Look at what you're doing for your, like you're giving gifts to your kids, kids, kids generation by everything you're doing now. It's really amazing. So my goodness, if the world could know one thing, Dr. Massey, which there's so much the world could learn from everything you're doing, but if you could pick one thing to share with the world, what would it be? Um, I think it's um, the idea of if, we, if there is a problem, we have to learn how to address it with compassion and um, try to try to make it um, 
a little bit easier for those who are involved. And I always say this to my students that um, in every animal welfare situation that we that um, we are facing, there's always a human welfare issue that is involved. So um, I think, um, you know, we, we cannot save the world, but at least we have to learn how to deal with all of our problems with compassion and with yeah. respect to life. So true. And you're doing that. And you're role modeling that for everyone that's watching. And it's really a beautiful thing. If people, I, I would assume, I would assume the biggest limiting resource for you, I would assume is funds. If you had more money, you could do more good. I'm just assuming that that would help a lot. Yes, definitely. But um, we, what, what we do in our foundation is that we also have a veterinary practice. So we don't rely on donation because I'm um, here in the Philippines. People really don't feel the need to yeah. donate, pay neuter. But if you, if they see a dog or cat in distress, in a severe uh, medical condition, that's where they're. Um, eagerness to donate lies, but um, for us, we are um, we we know the situation. Um, we work hard for whatever um, fundings that we re we receive, and of course, we work for our outreach missions. We work for our free spay neuters, and um, um, we have a, we have a good compensation for our veterinarians who are very hardworking. Um, I have a very great team, also my staff, they're really hardworking, so I couldn't have done this without them. Of so, course. Yes, yeah. so I'm very fortunate. I, I'm not lucky, but I am lucky to have my, to have my, my, um, my team, who, who I consider as my friends and family. So, of course, yeah. Yes. Well, it's clear for all that you're doing it's clear that you would have to have literally an army of advocates to accomplish all that you're accomplishing. And isn't it beautiful that around the world, you can always find advocates that understand the mission and are willing to work literally day and night sometimes to contribute because they feel so powerfully convicted about, about what the mission is. And that is also, I understand with, without all of your team, you would not be able to do 500 procedures a day. And so it's for you to accomplish all that you are, a team is definitely needed. If people wanted to learn more about your amazing work, make a donation, follow you, support you, what, what website would they go to find you? Yes. Um, we are also on Facebook. It's PPBCC, Philippine Pet Birth Control Center Foundation. And of course, you have our website. It's PPBCCfoundation.org. And we also have our Instagram page. It's PPBCC Foundation. Just wonderful. Well, Dr. Massey, I would love to interview you again in maybe, I don't know, a few years, because probably between when you got started, 2000 you know, 2017 till now, unbelievable progress, shockingly uh, fast paced for all, for where you're at in this short time span. In another five years, 
it will be impossible to know where you're at, but it will be exciting for me to find out. So I look forward to the next opportunity I have to interview you. I am inspired and impressed by all that you're doing. And I am so thankful for Cindy, who nominated you to be a pet game changer. You are absolutely shifting culture, health, wellness, perception of the value and the important aspect of dogs and cats in the Philippines by doing all that you're doing. And I'm so honored that we had this chance today to interview you. I'm so thankful and I'm so happy to see you here. (laughs) It's really nice. It is so nice. Your inspiration.